0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Okay, are you there? Matthew chapter 4, you have a Bible? Matthew chapter 4, go there in your Bible and we are going to start a new series this evening and um, we're going to talk for the next three weeks about Relationships. Thought that it would be great on Single Awareness Week that we would jump into. (laughs) I appreciate those laughs, huh? (laughs) Thought it would be great that we um, we jump into a a, a series on relationships, and um, I'm going to start off this first week talking about the power that lies in the partnerships of your relationships, and uh, I want to show you out of Matthew chapter four. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Jesus, we are going to read his selection, he's about to choose his friends, he's about to choose his partnerships, and these guys would ultimately end up becoming the foundation for the New Testament church, we'll get there eventually, but let's start here in Matthew 4, verse number 18, it says, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, they were casting a net into the sea, and well, they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with their father. And they were mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they, they followed him. And I love this story so much. It's a depiction to me of Jesus having the power to choose his relationships. He's making a decision. He's choosing uh, his friends. I know it's an old saying, but I believe it's true. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. He's making a future decision on where he's going. He's, he's making a choice on who he's going to do life with and community with. He's seen in them not where they are but where they're going. He's seen in them the potential. Remember there are relationships you have in your life where other people see garbage you have the ability to see gold. Other people see where they're at but you see where they're going. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee and he sees two brothers. One of them names Andrew and the other one's Peter, Simon Peter, and he says, guys, follow me, he's going further, verse 21, and he sees another set of brothers, this time it's James and John, their father's name is Zebedee, as they call him on Twitter, at Zeb, and um, Zeb has two kids, and and, and he's choosing now once again another set of brothers, you can write down the title of tonight's message, it's called The Power in Partnerships, the power that is in partnerships, and I want to pray and I'm going to believe that tonight, God will just speak to us and encourage us about the relationships that we, we already have, and even give us excitement and faith for the relationships that he's going to bring into our life. Amen? And um, if you are single, we're going we're gonna to throw one up to the big guy for you, huh? <laughs> Let's believe that by next year, this time, you'll get some of that good Valentine candy, you know, with the, with the words on it. Bad joke? Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you that you're good and you're gracious. Thank you that you're loving and kind. We remind our soul and even our situation that you are so Faithful tonight, God, help us to see Jesus. Help us to hear your voice. Lord, show us your path. We are declaring that you are who you say you are. God, thank you that every person that's here tonight, we're believing that next year, if they're single, that you'll give somebody, Lord, we just thank you in advance. We know it's going to take a miracle for some, but inspire them to get on Christianmingle.com and fill out that application. Keep them away from Tinder, Lord, but let them go to the Christian sites in Jesus'. Jesus' name, and we all said together, "Come on, say amen if you got faith for it." Come on, single people, get some faith for it. <laughs> I seen a girl; she's like, "I receive it, I receive it." <laughs> yes, Lord, It's is like oceans. <laughs> I was um. When I, my first stint in Los Angeles, I lived on the east side and went to Bible college. And I'll never forget, I was a freshman in Bible college. I walk in this class. Now, I didn't go to the largest Bible college, but this class was for us a big class, 50 students in this class. So I walk in, a sweet professor ladies teaching the class, and she presents a question to the entire room. She says, now, how many of you today believe that God has one person out there for you, that you've been destined, that God has a plan A, that you're supposed to marry this one person that's out there. If that's you and you believe that, raise your hand. You ever be socially in a situation and you don't know what the right answer is, so you wait to see what everybody else is going to do? So I kept my hand down like, yo, I don't know a lot about the Bible yet. <laughs> so kept my hand down, and this one kid, the one kid out of 50, raised his hand, and I could hear like the real Bible nerds in the room, like Smicker, like, (laughs) (laughs) Ezekiel, Elijah, (laughs) Revelation, (laughs) like they're laughing at him, and I'm like, oh, wrong answer, I didn't know, my bad, (laughs) but then she asked another question, the follow-up question, how many believe that you have free will, that you can choose whoever you want to marry, that it's your decision to choose someone to be married to, All 49, I'm in the 49, all 49 hands go up and everybody's like, I believe I have the power to decide who I'm going to marry. Learn something very powerful that day, that God has given you and I discernment, he's given us wisdom, and he's given us the ability to choose who we're going to partner with in life, who we're going to have relationship with in life. I just want to tell you tonight, God is not leading you into wrong relationship, he's leading you into right relationships. Relationship. God does not send cancerous, toxic people in your world. God sends the right people in your world that encourage your faith, that encourage your identity, that speak life over you. This is amazing. You got to discern the difference. Because when God wants to bless you, he'll send you a person. And when the devil wants to hurt you, he'll send you a person. What the enemy is using is the same thing that God is using. And I believe that God gives you and I discernment and wisdom on choosing who we're going to partner with, who we're going to have relationship with. Now, you got to understand there is power in your partnerships. In fact, your fruitfulness is a direct result of your partnerships. You've got to make the decision that you're going to put your, you're going to hit your wagon to the right folks. I believe in life that your alignment determines your assignment. Who you align yourself with is going to decide the trajectory of your life. Who you align yourself with, that is either going to be the greatest blessing or the greatest burden in your world. I have learned in life that some of the greatest blessings that have fallen on my lap is not because of gifting it's not because of talent, it's because of alignment. I've decided I'm doing life with these people. I'm building my future with these folks. I'm being married to this person. I want to declare to you tonight that God has the right alignment people coming in your world God has the right people for you. Anybody thankful tonight that it's not up to you but God will literally send the right people. Come on, it's the 7pm it's okay to it's gone, it's gone and I believe this with all my heart. Now, Jesus is walking by the sea and he goes, You guys, oh, some, I don't know what this is, but there's something to this relationship. Oh, I, I don't, Zeb, I love you, man. Something about your boys. I'm 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 partnering, I'm committing to these relationships. I want to talk for the next few weeks about the realities of relationships we're not just talking about dating and marriage alone but we're going to be talking about your boss talking about family talking about people in your 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 world your friendships want to talk about the reality of relationships and the power that is in partnerships now business people understand this you take a business like time and on its own it's great but they partner with a warner and create time warner, and together they're better than by themselves. That is the essence of Ecclesiastes. The Bible says a threefold cord cannot be broken. When I partner with the right people, in particular my spouse, and I put Jesus at the center of it all, Grammy, gospel reference. When I put Jesus at the—oh, I should have laughed way more. That was just fantastic. It is so f- brilliant. Anyways, um, but when I put Jesus at the center of it all, that threefold cord will not be broken. I want to I start this series off by asking three questions. I'm going to give you three thoughts tonight, three questions that we all have to answer. And when it comes to our God-given potential in relationships and partnerships, here's the first question that all of us in this room are asking. Number one, who do I partner with? And now I'm talking about the significant other in your life. Now, I'm talking about that, that somebody, that, you know, as they say on the streets, that boo thing. Now, I'm, I'm, that, that person, that, now, I will tell you, I, I was 28 years old. I'd been single for seven years. That's like a drought. And um, what is this, Joseph? And so, I've been single for seven years. That was a great Bible joke too, right? And um, I've been single for seven years. I'm, I'm a youth pastor. And Julie and I, my wife and I, we had grown up our whole lives together. Our parents, our, our, our dads, they got saved together in college. They got they, they got baptized together. They got filled with the Holy Spirit together. Our parents got married on the same day, same year, same hour. We grew up our whole, like, we have pictures in the tub together. Like, Julia been checking me out my whole life, okay? So, that's just run until that. So, so Julia, I invited her to the Christmas party because I thought it's platonic. It's fine. She's just like my cousin. So we're in the car. We're going to this party. I look over at Julia and I think to myself, "OMG. This is it." Like this is the girl that I've been waiting and holding out for my whole life. I I've been This is the girl. Like I just I felt it. I seen it. I, it made sense. It was like this I'm looking at her, like, we're rolling in the car. She's, like, talking about stuff, and I'm looking at her, like. (laughs) That night, we go out after the event, and she's trying to pitch her little sister to me. She's like, you you should marry my sister. I'm like, I don't want the sister. I want the real McCoy, like. (laughs) I don't want that girl like I want I chose you <laughs> I want yo <laughs> so so that night I remember I started pursuing her and making the decision this is the one I finally found the one you ought to wait for the one this is such a critical important decision of your life this is such this will decide the trajectory of your life this will be either the biggest burden or blessing in your world who you attach yourself with who you commit your vows in sickness and in health in rich or in poor in good times and bad times i found someone that i could build a family with i found someone that i could live my life with i found someone that I could be myself with watch what the bible says in the book of proverbs chapter 31 about finally finding this person it says a wife of noble character who can find where can you do they make these in la anymore no they import them from tulsa okay That's actually also awesome. Uh, She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. What is the Bible saying? That when you find someone of this kind of character, watch Proverbs 18, and it's just along the same lines. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I could tell that moment when I'm in that car. I have found the one. I have found the one I've been looking for. I have found this is a favored moment. This is a God moment. I want to encourage you today. Don't rush into bad relationships. If you don't see a future in getting married in this dating relationship, you best to get out of it right now. Do not waste your emotional energy. Do not waste your time. Do not waste your money. This is something that's so important that when, listen, when I was waiting those seven years for for my wife Julia it wasn't I wasn't praying God get her ready for me I was praying God get me ready for her you know when it's the right relationship it's easy when it's the right person you know your parents can agree with it your friends will agree with it everybody around you I had so many people in my life telling me in those days if you don't marry this girl you are the stupidest person ever Nobody was telling Julia that. Everybody was telling me that. <laughs> you are so dumb, for real, if you do not marry this girl. And it just, it made sense. I made the choice. I made the decision. I committed my vows. This is the person I want to spend the rest of my life. I'm committed. I'm i am going to be faithful. I'm, I'm going to put, if I liked it, I put a ring on it. I'm going to, that's another Beyonce one. And, and I'm, And I'm going to be faithful all the days of my life. The first and most important decision is who am I making the ultimate partnership decision with? Who am I committing my vows in my life to? Here's the second question you got to ask after this one is who do I add to the circle? So I've made, I've made the decision of spouse, I'm committed in a faithful relationship, I am married, and, and we're building a future, and now who, who do I add into this circle? Anybody remember MySpace? It wasn't on MySpace, it was the eight. Is that right? It was the top, top eight. And then remember, T Mobile was top five, top five, top five. It was like your favorite five. And you, you have these little circles. I am all for little circles. Jesus knew how to bring his world into, into right proportions. He would go from crowds to 70 down to 12 down to the intimate of three and even have the one best friend he knew how to how to bring his life into right perspective and I'm all for having really close friends I'm all for having the three I'm all for having the community but I want to say to you I have room for more people in my world I'm adding to my circle I'm not done with my my contacts yet I've got room for new friends anybody else I don't like how people rap these days no new friends I want want new friends. I want new people in my world. I do not want to give off the impression of people in my world that I'm done making friends. This is it for the rest of my life. No, I want the new people. There are some people that are walking out of your world and that's okay. What about the new people walking into your world? Are you ready to add people into your circle? Are you ready pe- to add the right people that God is wanting to send into your space? God is wanting to give you right relationships, maybe even new friendships, maybe even new mentors, and you got to make room saying, I am not done, I want a big world, anybody else? Now the Bible says something so fascinating. It says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The world of the generous, most of us think, when we think of that word generous, it has to do with money. But I believe that generosity has to do with making time and room in your life that you were you got generous time to get a coffee You've got time to have a conversation. You've got time to text message somebody something that's encouraging. The world of the generous will get larger and larger. You ought to devise and scheme generous plans in 2017 to allow the new people that God's bringing into your world the little bit of time and a little bit of space for you to welcome them. Don't live in the small world. Small world is indicative of insecurity. The small world is indicative of control. The small world is not the will of God. The abundant life. Life is a life of relationship. It's a life of blessing. It's a life of favor. Yeah, Harvard uh, Law Study did did, did this, uh, Business Law Study, did this study uh, 75 years ago, and then they repeated again two years ago. And they went and they studied all these people that had become successful, and then they did it again after 75 years. And the same thing they found 75 years ago is the same thing they found two years ago is that people, no matter the amount of money, no matter their accolades, what they crave the most, what brought them the true happiness was true connection in relationship who are you adding into your world that's a meaningful relationship who are you adding into your world that's like man i am in the business of collecting new friends i want to make room for the people that god is putting in my world i'm faithful to my old friends but i also have made room for new friends this is the gospel the gospel is inclusive by nature it is not exclusive whatsoever, but Jesus, He had room for blind Bartimaeus. He had room for the woman at the well. He had room for the woman that was caught in adultery. Jesus is inclusive by nature. I don't know about you, but there's room in my Connect group. There's room at Zoe Church. There's room for me to meet with more people. Come on, am I preaching to anybody that does not want to live in the small world but has room to grow and get into the big world? Who can I add? To my circle, who am I adding? I got to make sure they're not cancerous. They're not toxic. They're not wrong-spirited. They don't have, by, by the way, the people you ought to add into your world, they don't have their own best interests. They have your best interests. Relationships flourish when you have the other person in mind. How can I serve you? How can I add value to you? How can I help you? Always add people into your world that are not trying to just take from you, but are actually trying to give to you. And so, I appreciate the one guy clapping over here, huh? <laughs> we hire those guys, huh? <laughs> but we do. No, I'm kidding. Um, I've chosen, a, chosen this relationship that matters so, most, so much. And we're adding to this, this wealth of community. I know it's cheesy, but yeah, I believe this type of stuff. Your net worth is your network. I have this friend, and he'll say it all the time. You can take away my my money, and you can take away my cars, and take away my houses, but you can't take away my friends. My friends are the most important thing I have going in my life. Did you know that in your world, God is most passionate? The number one thing that matters to God is your relationships. Your relationship with Him and your relationship with others. This is priority number one to God. So I've chosen this, this key, most important relationship, my spouse, my lover. That's what she calls me. Um, I'm adding into my circle and then, well, at what point do I just go like, yeah, I made the choice to add so-and-so, but you know what? They, they've been hurting me. They've been backbiting me. They've been betraying me. When do I, when do I let them go? Like at what point is this just a bad partnership? I thought it was going to be good, but I got to let this person go. At what point do I decide? Yeah, I just I want to give you some keys on knowing how do you know this is working? And I want to show you from the life of Jesus how Jesus modeled commitment in relationship. So let's just go to the verses we read in just a moment in our head. Jesus, Jesus, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees the first set of brothers. He goes, I choose you guys. He sees the next set of brothers. He goes, I choose you guys. Now Jesus has now established relationship and established partnership. Now Jesus spends three years with these guys. He goes through all kinds of miracles, all kinds of ministries, all kinds of preaching tours. He's unbelievable. He goes, he dies for the sins of the world on a cross, goes to a grave for three days, gets up out, spends 40 days on the earth, and then he goes back to heaven now the bible says here in mark chapter 16 jesus three years later is still committed to the partnership he made three years ago watch what it says here in mark 16 it says in mark 16 and they went out and they preached this the the brotherhood they went out and preached everywhere and the lord was working with them he was still partnering with them Three years later, he's still going, I'm in business with you guys. I am committed to you guys. How do you know when you're supposed to double down and stay committed? Or how do you know when you're supposed to get out and leave this bad relationship? Let me give you five ways to tell. Here's the first way you tell. Is there still affection? Is there still affection? When I say that word affection, immediately I think in my head of, of like a cuddle sesh on the couch, there's affectionate. But affection by definition is it's a fondness of of liking. It's a, it's a gentle fondness. It's liking. So in other words, do you still like who you're partnered with? Do you still like the relationships you're committed to? Do you like your friends? Do you like your family? Do you like the person that you've chosen as a spouse? Because sometimes in marriage, you love that person, but you ain't like that person. All the married people know what I'm talking about. But but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether I feel like liking my wife or not. I'm going to get to liking her because I know at the core, I do like her. i like I like my wife's personality. I like the way that my, life, my wife lives life. I like her a whole lot. We might have some disagreements and some arguments. That's her fault. But, <laughs> Chad, you stop it. She's not here. It's fair game. Um, but at the end of the day, there's an affection. Do you still have the affection for the people that you're committed to? Do you still say, man, I like so and so? I just, I tell you, I don't know what it is about them. I like the way they dress. I like the way I feel when I'm around them. I like the way we hang out. I like with, they're good at texting. You ever have a friend that's good at texting? Uh, They're good at texting. If you got a bad friend that's bad at texting, get rid of that person. If they ain't learned by now, just get rid of them. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But there's affection there. Write down number two. There's respect. There's respect there. This is a relationship where there's respect, there's esteem, there's honor. You hold this person in high, high regard. You say, I respect the way that you, your work ethic. I respect the way that you deal with conflict resolution. I respect the way that you handle money. I respect the way that you, 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 you treat my, our lines of communication. I respect the way that you're not manipulative. I respect the fact that you're not passive aggressive. I, res- I have a, a great deal of respect. If you cannot respect someone, you cannot be in partnership with them. I remember years ago, my first stint in L.A. when I was a youth pastor at this church, and it came out that the senior pastor had had all kinds of issues and all kinds of failures. And when we found out as a staff, I remember in my chair thinking, I cannot stay at this church working for this man because I do not respect him. Respect is one of the foundational keys to any relationship. You take away respect and there is no relationship. The way that I can tell that this is a great partnership is that there is great respect. So I want to know, do you have affection for your partnerships? Do you have respect for your partnerships? And then write down number three, shared values. Oh, I love this one. Shared values. In other words, the people in my world that I'm doing life with and I am serving, I, the people that are in my, my close-knit corners, I have the same values as them. Let me just talk to you if you're dating, if you're single, just listen for one second. You ought to make a very Conscientious, calculated decision on the person you're dating that you share the same values with that person. That we're, our values line up. I remember this years ago, my one of my best friends. He went to a different university than I did, and I I, I could just tell in our life as years were going by. He was going one way, and I was going the other. And I remember one thing stood out. He took this class in college, and it really shifted his paradigm. It really altered his lens. And I could tell the more that we talked, he was, his values were going. It, was, it, it wasn't bad. It was just different. And his values were going over here this way, and my values were shifting to a whole nother place. This is America right now. Our values are being on display. You value that? Well, I value this. And if there's a difference of values, it's going to be hard to be in partnership with people that don't share the same values. When I married Julia, when she was in that car, I knew she values the same thing that I do. We value the local church, we value helping others, we value serving, we value giving, we value food. We value fun. This week, my wife was on her own Snapchat account at Disneyland acting a fool for our kids. And just, she is fun back then. She's fun today. It was a value that we shared. you got to be sharing the same values. I have affection for these people. I have respect for them. We share the same values. Right down number four, there's honesty. Oh, God, I love this one so much because so many of us, we want to have these awesome relationships, and yet you're not honest. We want, we want, we want these awesome friendships, but we're not real and vulnerable and authentic and transparent. You cannot have productive, fruitful relationships that are meaningful without you being honest. This is what I'm bad at. This is what I'm struggling with. These are my insecurities. This is what I'm going through. This is my failures I'm dealing with. This is the good, the bad. I do not want to be in relationships where I have to image manage. I, I, gotta, I, you, I feel the pressure. I've got to project that I'm happy and I'm good and I'm cool and I'm, I've got this all together. And Do you guys like me? Are we good? Are you cool? Do, am I good? Am I accepted? No. This is the real me. This is the raw me. This is just who I am. I can't fake it till I make it. This is just me and I'm not going to make it. I want to be in some relationships that have the, uh, the value of honesty. What do they say about honesty? It's the very best policy. And you ought to in your relationships as you're taking stock and inventory. And I do pray that over these next few weeks, we would not just take inventory of the people in our world. Rick, oh, he is so unauthentic. Rick, not shared values. But you know what? More than evaluating other people, what if we evaluate ourselves? How am I doing? Am I being a real good friend? My I stepping up in the relationships that God has given me in my world? How am I doing in being honest with others? To be in a relationship is to have the opportunity to be offended. The more you're in a relationship, the more opportunity you will have for offense. And being in great partnerships that will last a long time is having the backbone and the wherewithal to say, hey, I gotta be honest hurt my feelings. I know you didn't mean to. But when you posted about the Patriots winning, it hurt. hurt. (laughs) Got them, you know? (laughs) What about you? Are you an honest person? Because I find that in most relationships where someone is not honest and it gets exposed that they were dealing with something, trapped in something, planning something, that lack of transparency, you know what it builds? It builds a distrust. And I am doubling down on write down number five. I am working in relationships that we number five. There's trust. I believe this with all my heart. Every day, you're either gaining trust or losing trust. Why is it that one day you look at so-and-so and go, I don't know why I trust them. I don't know why. I just do. And one day you're like, nope, nope, sorry, nope. Super sus, not doing it. <laughs> Sketchy bone, not doing it. Well, what is that? It, it's discernment. It's God, isn't it? It's God speaking to you of going, nope, nope, I'm keeping you away. I'm keeping you at arm's distance. This person could end up hurting you. Come to the safe relationships. Come to the safe zone. Come to the the green grass for a metaphor that God wants to build you and to lead you into right relationships that are going to not hurt you and harm you and maim you and tame you, but they're going to flourish you and soar you and take you to new heights and new levels. Come on, I know it's a very white voice, but somebody ought to thank God tonight that God has a plan for right relationships. I love this about God. When I just, let me just say it again. When God wants to bless you, he sends you a person. I just, I can't believe the blessing that sits on the front row. I mean, look at the blessing of some of these people that are right here in our church. And people look and go, wow, Zoe Church, how are you guys able to do what you do? I look at a guy like Max down here in the front row. And God sent Max from Tulsa, which is Egypt, biblically speaking, and brought him to Los Angeles. And he sent him. And Josh Anderson, who was also in Egypt, a lot of Tulsa references tonight, and brought him to Los Angeles. And God is sending, when God wants to bless you, he'll send you somebody. Who are you ready to receive this year? Who is God sending you into your world? Do you have eyes to see it? Is your heart prepared for new relationships? Because I want to tell you, I am committed. I've known Roman and Erica for so many years. I've known them since they were high school kids, and now I am more further committed to them today than I was 10 years ago. I am further committed and passionate about them taking off and them flourishing in their life than I was when they were just high school students or interns in our church in Seattle. I I, I am faithful to partnerships that God has shown me for a long time, and I am excited about the new people like Hank here on front row that God's brought in my life is there is there anybody here that sees the power of partnerships that is ready to have God's eyes and God's heart for the people that you're called to serve in your world thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast we hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message to get more information about Zoe Church check out our website www.zoechurch.org or follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.